This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message. So good morning everybody. My name is Dave Jones. I'm one of the elders here. And uh, for people watching online, good morning and welcome. And um, if you're watching this in 2026 or replay or whatever, happy Christmas or whatever part of the year it happens to be when you're watching. Um, Yeah, praise God. God's got some good things. Let's just uh, start just with a, a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank and praise you for your word. Lord, I thank you that your word is liberty and it is power. And uh, Father, as we study your word uh, together right now, I just pray that your word will accomplish that for which it was sent. And Lord, it would bring you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. And the people said, Amen. Cool. So we're continuing our, our, our stroll, but it's sort of becoming more of a brisk walk now through the book of Luke. Um, so a few weeks ago I had, I think it was three or four verses, but now I've got this huge chunk of Luke chapter 7, which is great. So um, we're basically going to go from uh, Luke 7.36 through to the end, but I've broken it up into little bits and I'll, I'll, I'll talk as we go through it, as it were. Um, so jump in straight in, Luke 7:36. Then one of the Pharisees asked him, that's speaking of Jesus, then one of the Pharisees asked him, that is Jesus, to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Incredible story. So it begins, then one of the Pharisees. So not all the Pharisees, I guess, were against Jesus from the outset. So we hear one of the Pharisees. So at least one of them, I mean, we know about Nicodemus, don't we, from John's Gospel, but... uh, He was a Pharisee as well. So here we have another Pharisee who's obviously interested to know something about this Jesus. So whether he's being kind or he just wants to check Jesus out, we don't quite know really. But maybe that comes out a little bit as we go on. Um, But then we have this incredible incident with this this woman. There's a a similar incident that that is described in John 12. And I think in John 12 it speaks of the lady is being Mary of Bethany. But I think here people think this is a different incident. So it's incredible to think this happened at least twice in the ministry of Jesus. I mean, maybe it happened even more times than that, but at least twice. Um, So it talks about this lady is standing behind Jesus at his feet. So how do you stand behind someone at their feet? Well, of course, what's happening here is they're actually semi-reclined having their meal. 
Okay. Um, we sometimes forget that, don't we? Because we see these pictures of the Last Supper and everybody sat up at a table and chair. And typically it wasn't, depending on status and so forth, typically it wasn't quite like that. Um, so people are sat semi-reclined and in fact that the word in verse 36 there, uh, sat down to eat, it's a single word in the, in the Greek and it basically means to lay back. So there's Jesus and, and the Pharisee, uh, Simon we learn his name is, they're sort of laid back on some couches around the table and depending on which couch you were on depended on your status within that family and so forth. So now you can see, if you're sort of semi-laid down, you can now see how this lady can be behind Jesus at his feet. So um, dinner parties would typically be held, you might have your, in a courtyard, um, and the gates would be open, so people could kind of peer in or maybe even come in. So we, here we have this woman coming in, and everybody you can imagine is looking at her. And I could imagine a room quickly becomes hushed. And all you can hear is this woman sobbing. And there's this strong smell <laughs> of this fragrance that she's pouring out on Jesus' feet. And she's got no idea how Jesus is going to react. I mean, maybe she's heard about him, maybe she's had an encounter with him before. But she doesn't know how he's going to react. And I, think, I just think it's incredible. I think there's, there's something of the Father heart of God here, isn't there? Um, I think, do I have that passage? Yeah. So Jesus was asked a question by Philip one time. Uh, show us the Father. And uh, Jesus said to Philip, uh, John 14, verse 9, he says, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? So in Jesus' reaction towards this woman, he doesn't reject her. He receives her, her worship and her adoration, the outpouring of her life. Um, it's just incredible. There's, there's no rejection, just acceptance I mean, we can understand that Jesus is not accepting what her lifestyle might have been, but he's accepting her as a person. And he doesn't... Well, I'll come to that later on. So there's this, there's this unconditional acceptance, is what I'm trying to say. Um, Ephesians says this about us. Um, having predestinated us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. So we have that same acceptance. And um, yeah, it's... I want you to get that this morning. <laughs> I really, really, really want you to get this and let it sink into your head. There's nothing so bad that you've done that excludes you from the presence of God. Okay, I'm not condoning sin. Sin is bad. But we can come into the presence of God because of what Jesus has done. You are accepted. You are accepted. You are accepted. So accept yourself. <laughs> um, later on we'll be talking a bit about forgiveness and the importance really of forgiving ourselves 
sometimes. We need to forgive ourselves. Okay, so you can imagine all eyes are on Jesus. <laughs> There's this woman sobbing and, and just this strong smell wafting across the dinner, the, the, the area where they're eating. And all, all eyes are, are on, on Jesus now. Uh, but first of all, we got this, this Pharisee. He says, now when the Pharisee, verse uh, 39, now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, uh, he spoke to himself. In, in the King James, it says he spoke within himself, saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Um, yeah, so the word Pharisee means separated, okay? So the Pharisees would separate themselves um, from sinners. They didn't like, they, 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 plainly, they didn't like sinners touching them. Uh, I guess they saw themselves, they obviously didn't see themselves, well, maybe they did see themselves as being really good people. They, they don't do anything wrong, of course not. Perish the thought. Um, so uh, he can't understand it. Simon cannot understand it. If Jesus is a holy man, how can he allow this woman to touch him in the way she's doing? How can he allow this? Um, surely he can't be a prophet because Simon's thinking to himself, I can tell by the way this lady's dressed. Um, how can he be a prophet? But Jesus says to him, he says, Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. So Simon, uh, Jesus is, is almost asking for permission. I want to speak into your life, Simon. I want to say some things here. And um, Simon is saying, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, don't think we've had vipers yet and stuff like that, have we? That's sort of later on in Luke, where Jesus really un, un, un let, lets loose against uh, some of the religious and some of the hypocrisy that's going on in these people's lives. Um, so the Simon the Pharisee, that he cuts himself off. They, they cut themselves off from people, and he's, he's now opened himself for Jesus to say something. Um... So we read on Luke 41, 741. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Now, I'm not sure uh, uh, what exactly a denarius was, was worth at this point in time. I mean, um, I think Matthew 22 talks about, now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. So if it's a, you know, a day's wage for an agricultural worker, 50 denarius, okay, that's 50 days of work. 500 denarius, okay, that's what, two years of work. Um, so what's Jesus trying to say here? So Jesus is basically saying to, to, to Simon, um, Simon, you, th you think this woman has sin in her life, 
and that she owes, but actually so do you. Okay, so that the, 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 the amounts might be different. It might be f 500 denarii for her, but, but it is 50 for you. Okay, just, uh, just think about that for a minute. You know, you are, you are not without sin. Um, there's, a, there's an illustration elsewhere where Jesus talks about the difference between God's forgiveness for us and our forgiveness of others. And there the, the difference between the two sums is huge because he talks about talents and denarii. And it, that is like thousands of times difference. So here where Jesus is making this comparison between these two people, he is, it's, hey, it's only 10 times. But it is the, they are both owe. They are both debtors. They both have sin in their lives. Um, so, um, I missed verse 47. No, that's later, later, David, later, later. Rushing ahead of myself. Um, okay. So then he turns to the woman. So, so imagine a situation, they're all head first in, facing the table, basically. This woman's at Jesus' feet. And at this point now, Jesus turns to the woman and starts to talk to her. Um, so he's turning away from Simon, but he's actually talking to Simon as well. So as he looks at this woman, and he's looking at her, and he says, and he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? No, no, no. Do you see this woman? You see, Simon was looking but he didn't see. He didn't see. He was looking at the outward. He was looking at the exterior. He was looking at the way she was dressed. He was maybe thinking about the reputation she had in the city. But he didn't see what she was doing. And what she was doing betrayed her heart. And it was a heart of love for Jesus. So I think Jesus is just challenging Simon here. What do you see, Simon? Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. What's incredible here is Jesus never enumerated, he never talked about the woman's sin. He never, if you like, embarrassed her in front of the guests. But here he's, he's laying it out for Simon. Okay, Simon, mate, this is where you missed it. All right? And Simon, what's going on in your head? So, it's basic courtesy at this point in this culture in this time it's basic courtesy that when you have a guest to dinner you offer them a bowl of water the servant comes and washes their feet okay so what was in Simon's head to not even demonstrate simple courtesy to Jesus so what is it about Simon's heart that's going on here that causes him to treat Jesus in this way it's not even 
the social norms. He's outside the social norms. It's almost like he despises Jesus, if I can use those words. And that's betrayed in his actions towards him. So Jesus is saying, what do you see, Simon? What do you see? In, in a sense, look at the actions because the actions are betraying what's going on in, in the heart. So in the heart of this woman, it was her love for Jesus, her understanding. Maybe she knows something of his forgiveness, which we'll come to in a minute. But that caused her to just pour out of herself. And for Simon, yeah, he did. <laughs> Maybe he just wanted to check out his preacher and he, he, maybe he prejudged everything that was going to go on. You know, he just prejudged, this guy isn't a prophet. There's no way this guy's a prophet. And yet Jesus responds. He's thinking in his heart about what sort of woman this is and then Jesus just speaks straight into that situation. So Jesus is challenging this, this heart attitude that Simon has. And, you know, as God's people, we can very easily judge situations and other people. Um, I remember once uh, I was in a house group. I was, <laughs> I was in a, ch- a church house group. And um, there was this uh, old, an older person. And I, I immediately started making judgments in my head about this person's relationship with God. And then they opened their mouths and it was just, it was so full of an intimate relationship with God. It was embarrassing that I'd caught myself out judging in that way. And it, it, it's very easy for us to look at Simon and think, oh, there's, there's no way I'm going to do that. But we really need to be careful and we need to watch ourselves. What do we see? What do we see? Okay, reading on. Uh, Verse 47. Uh, Therefore I say to you, um, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So some people look at this and they think it's teaching... um, being saved through works, basically. But it's, I don't think it's saying that at all. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. I think it's basically saying that um, when we understand and we see what God has done for us, what God has forgiven us of, then that causes us to respond in that way. So in a sense, she must have had some understanding of Jesus' attitude towards her and this, this forgiveness that he would offer her. Uh, he must have. And, and when we think about what God has forgiven us, I mean, <laughs> it's very easy, isn't it, when you, you think you've lived a good life. But in actual fact, we're like Simon before we get saved. Okay, we might not have done anything, you know, we might have not have done drugs or whatever. Whatever these outward sins are, but inwardly, you know, our hearts are still, you know, full of envy and bitterness and anger and hatred and all these horrible things. And yet, we come to the cross and we say to Jesus, you know, I'm sorry. 
I need you. I need you for your forgiveness. I need you in my life. I need you to cleanse me and to wash me clean. And when we recognize, we, we see ourselves clean and what he's done, then that stirs up that love in us, doesn't it? And in fact, we don't even kind of have to work it up because elsewhere it says in Scripture that uh, God is, uh, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Which is incredible. So even just to operate in love towards other people, we're helped by the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me. I just, I need you. I, I cannot do this at my own strength. I need your anointing. I need your power in my life. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Um, so reading on verse 48. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So this expression, your sins are forgiven, Jesus said that one time before with the paralytic in Luke 5. So we had this guy who's been brought on a stretcher and uh, they, they broke up the roof of the house and his friends lowered this stretcher down through the roof. And Jesus, he's looking up at this roof and um, he's looking for their faith. I think it's incredible. Depending on the account you read, it could have been Jesus' ministerial headquarters in Capernaum, which is where they were breaking the reef up. So Jesus is looking for their faith, and I would be looking for my gun as they're breaking the roof up. They lower this guy down through, and Jesus says to him, doesn't he, your sins are forgiven you, and then everybody gets annoyed with him. And he says, what's easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say get up and walk, but to demonstrate to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, I say, get up and walk. And then this paralytic got up and walked out. So there was a physical healing which demonstrated the authority of Jesus to forgive sins. Now here we don't see a physical healing take place. There's, there's, there's nothing obvious in the account. And yet, Jesus says to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And the word saved in the Greek is sozo. So it can be translated saved, but it can also mean whole wholeness or wellness, if you like. So Jesus is saying to her, your faith has made you well, whole, and delivered you. Go in peace. And if there's one thing I guess she needed to know in her heart was peace. She needed to know that peace. Um... I've written here, can you imagine the internal anguish and conflict for what she had done? And yet Jesus is saying, you trusted in me. Your faith in me has brought you wholeness. And um, he's saying, go in peace. She, she needed to know that peace. She needed to know that peace inside. She needed to know that peace in her head from the lifestyle that she'd been conducting. And uh, I just think those are, uh, those are words of liberty that Jesus spoke over her life. They're words of freedom. Um, 
And they're the same words for us, aren't they? They're the same words that Jesus speak to us. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Her faith, she had a, a trust in Jesus. Um, it's like I was saying, you know, we've been washed clean, we've been forgiven. And sometimes we just need to forgive ourselves. Uh, and maybe there's someone watching now or maybe someone watching on a replay. And that's a word that just strikes a chord in your heart. You need to forgive yourself. It doesn't remove the memory of what happened in your life. But you just need to forgive yourself in the same way God has forgiven you. Um, it says in Scripture that God has separated us in, as far as east is from the west, so far as he separated our transgressions from us. Yeah, absolutely incredible. We are washed clean. I just can't... That <laughs> just thrills my heart every time I think of it. Um, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. We don't have to go in on our hands and knees. Um, you know, God says to us, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Wow! <laughs> come boldly. Not on our hands and knees, but we can do that because of what Jesus has done. So, uh, you know, he's, t he's taken uh, our sin. He's taken um, our our clothes covered in filth and we have his robes on so we're we are now the righteousness of God in Christ it says uh, we have his righteousness which is amazing <laughs> absolutely incredible so uh, the amplified the, the, the classic edition of the amplified puts verse 50 at this but Jesus said to the woman your faith has saved you. Go, enter into peace in freedom from all the distresses that are experienced as a result as the result of sin. And I believe that's God's word to us this morning. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. Enter into peace. Enter into peace. In the name of Jesus, enter into peace, freedom from all the distresses that are experienced in your life as a result of sin. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just uh, thank and praise you for your word. I thank you for the example of this lady and the challenge of Simon. Uh, Lord, help us not to judge in an instant. Help us to have hearts that are always soft towards you, Lord. Uh, help us to always recognize, too, just what you've done for us in the forgiveness for us, the cleansing for us. And uh, Lord, I just uh, pray for the folks here, Lord. I just thank you that we would just walk in the freedom that you've bought for us mentally uh, and as well as physically, Lord. Uh, the anguish and, and the hurt inside, Lord. I just thank you for, 
for healing, Lord, I would just pray the Holy Spirit pour oil, that oil of healing that, uh, on those internal hurts in the name of Jesus. For someone who's listening uh, to this online or someone watching a replay or maybe someone here, they would just know, they would almost perceive in their uh, physical senses that anointing on them, Lord, that sense of you pouring in the oil of Gilead that brings soothing, that brings peace to that hurt in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus, Lord. I just thank you for it. Thank you for it. Lord, I, th- I just thank you. Your word promises that we're blessed coming in, we're blessed going out, and all we set our hands unto is blessed. Father, I just pray for every person here and every person within the sound of my voice, Lord, that it would just be a blessed week in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus. Lord, I would just thank you for your protection on each one of us uh, against the COVID virus or, or anything else that happens to be wandering around that would try to trip us up. Uh, in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. The people said, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Blessings, church. <laughs>